0: From the Ohio News Network, this is Ohio Sports Magazine. Now here's your host, Matt Andrews.
1: Greetings and welcome to this week's Ohio Sports Magazine here on the Ohio News Network. We're going to talk about Buckeye basketball a little bit later on with our producer, Colin Berenger. But we're going to start today's show, exciting times in the capital city. Figure skating coming to Columbus. Our Kate Burdett of the Ohio Sports Magazine has more.
2: I'm Kate Burdett. Columbus will host the nation's most prestigious figure skating event when the United States Figure Skating Championships come to Nationwide Arena January 22nd through the 28th. Here to tell us more about this event that's been held annually since 1914 is Jesse Giorzi with the Columbus Sports Commission. Hi, Jesse. Thanks so much for being with us. What an exciting few days in Columbus with U.S. figure skating, huh?
3: Yeah, I mean, especially when we've got an event coming to to Columbus. Um, you know, it's uh, a, a great way to kick off what's going to be a massive, massive year uh, of 2024 sports events in, in Columbus. Both uh, new teams coming here like the Columbus Fury and, and major events like this one and like the MLS All-Star Game. So super excited to, to kick this uh, event off.
2: Absolutely. For those who may be not as familiar with Figure Skating World, what is it that's so exciting about this? Because it really is a remarkable achievement for Ohio and and Columbus specifically to have this event here.
3: Yeah, as you mentioned, it's been a it's a long time event, been going on for more than a hundred years. It's something that that our city and, and our team at, at the sports commissions had our eye on for quite a while, way longer than I've only been here for a couple of years, and we've been um, tracking towards uh, having this event for uh, for several years before that. So. Um, It's the first competitive figure skating uh, event of a of a national or a big variety that Columbus has ever hosted. So um it's something that's it's super exciting. You know, I think every four years, at the very least, uh, you've got uh, everybody's tuned into America and, and watching. Everybody in America is tuned into NBC and and learning about these awesome skater stories and seeing the the athleticism and grace that happens on the ice. Um, and so to bring this here, although we're right in the middle of uh, of the Olympic cycle. Um, to bring this this here, I think it's really special you know Columbus is obviously a, a great college sports town we um, we host a lot of major NCA events and and uh, the Buckeyes do well in just about every sport that they have attendance wise and, and on the field of play so uh, I think in that same vein, you know this is the opportunity at the national championships to see uh athletes at, at their elite but also going on to bigger things right well on on Saturdays we watch Buckeye football and and throughout the winter we watch, um, Buckeyes hockey and and basketball and the women's and men's teams playing, um, but they know that they've got the next step in their career at the professional level. But, but they're still awesome right now, and the American champions are going to be awesome here. And then in a couple of years, plenty of the people that you see here at Nationwide Arena, January twenty second to twenty eighth, will be the ones you know being interviewed by Bob Costas and Katie Couric and skating uh, to hopefully to Olympic gold in a couple of years. So real special opportunity to to see a sport um, that's never been in Columbus before.
2: And as we start to hear more and more of the big names and maybe names that are going to become bigger in figure skating that will be on the ice here in Columbus, I understand that this very special local connection is also taking place where a graduate from Columbus College of Art and Design is actually the person who created the costume for last year's figure skating champion that's competing for their second straight title this year. Is that correct?
3: yeah and anytime we have a, a big event like this it's uh it's an opportunity obviously you know to to bring people um, that have never been to Columbus before whether that's the, the the athletes coaches officials fans but also you know those traveling fans that are coming here but it's also a really great opportunity for um you know our city to show off and show what it's great at and columbus is a is a is a fashion hub a, a growing fashion hub. And, um, so really early on we were like, what sport goes better with fashion than figure skating, right? It's an individual sport where you get to pick your entire outfit. And although you might be able to do that in golf, you still have a lot more, uh, or more limits of what you're able to wear in a sport like golf or tennis. But, um, uh, of course there are rules around, uh, attire in Figure skating, but I find that it's a lot more expressive uh, on the ice than it can be in, in a lot of other um, sports. And so um, we connected with uh, with the Columbus College of Art and Design. Uh, I have been a terrific partner throughout this. Um, anytime we host a big event like this, we're always leaning on um, great community organizations to help us get people excited about it. And so the task here was let's find a way to to show off um, Columbus's fashion shops uh, at, on the main stage, literally on the ice. Um, and so yeah, Isabel Levito, who I think is 16 or 17 years old, but is the defending champion and a skater on the rise herself, already accomplished, but going on to bigger things, uh, was paired with uh Austin Tootle, also a designer on the rise who's already accomplished some things and showed at New York Fashion Week and Columbus Fashion Week, but also headed towards bigger things in the future. Um, so two people that are that are early in their careers, but also gonna be doing a you know a much bigger deal um, you know, with each passing day. Um, they connected and worked very closely over the last several months to to design a costume based on Isabeau's um, personality and interests and, and the music that she chose for her routine. So it'll be on display and uh, making its debut on the ice during the uh, Prevision Skating Spectacular on Sunday the 28th at uh, 7.45 p.m. So there's a really neat video and and, uh, and kind of recap of uh, of the the process on our blog at ColumbusSports.org. Um, and not just those two working together, but CCAD put this into, uh, into practice with, uh, with a classroom session, um, and had, uh, more than a dozen, uh, students, current students, uh, hear what Isabel was into and design their own concepts around it. She's gonna be wearing just Austin's physical creation, but, uh, it's been really neat to see a real world opportunity. Um, uh, and the sports landscape get designed, and and these students had had a, an awesome time and produced so many cool cool things um, of their own variety as they as they got real world experience um, designing something for a, a top top athlete.
1: What we'll a more of the Ohio Sports Magazine when we
0: continue here on the Ohio News Network. There's no one in the world who knows more about the Buckeyes than Timmy Hall. Well, that's not true, but no one else returned our calls. Join Timmy for Buckeye Roundtable.
2: Monday night at
0: 6. The fan Ohio sports destination. Now back to Ohio Sports Magazine on the Ohio News Network. Once again, here's Matt Andrews.
1: Welcome back to the Ohio Sports Magazine. Now, our Kate Burdett talking more about the U.S. figure skating championships coming to Columbus.
2: United States figure skating, the Greater Columbus Sports Commission, and the Columbus Metropolitan Library have teamed up to do something pretty special around the figure skating championships, right?
3: Yeah, and again with the 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 local collaborations are are our, our bread and butter and what makes Columbus I think uh, is a big difference maker for what makes these events awesome in Columbus um and something that, that that absolutely attracts these big events here when we can we when we tell the the event's rights holders what awesome things we're able to do with our community. So, yeah, we started talking with um with the library when we first started bidding on this event um like a year and a half ago and then once it got here, we we ramped up those conversations and the, their whole team's been awesome to work with, but um, also, uh, more details are at, uh, columbusports.org slash skate about this partnership. But, um, at, uh, at Main Library all month, there's a celebration of figure skating. So they installed a synthetic ice rink that kids can, uh, toss their shoes off and, and slide and glide around in socks. Um, uh, there's a, uh, several, uh, local skate or several skates that we've had hand painted by a local artist, Gabby Anderson on display. Um, there's a 1960 um, Olympic gold medal winner. Carol Heiss's dress is on display there, um, as well as some other memorabilia from the U.S. Figure Skating Archives um, and all 23 locations of the Columbus Metropolitan Library are doing an, an entry to win tickets and giving out bookmarks and all sorts of different fun things like that. Um, and then uh, on the actual during championship week, uh, we'll bring two figure skaters turned authors to uh, the main library location. Um, for uh, appearances. Gracie Gold uh, will be there Friday, January 26th. Um, Her memoir, Out of Shape, Worthless Loser, I think there's a hashtag in front of that, (laughs) comes out in uh, in February, and then Nancy Kerrigan um, has a children's book called Stronger Than She Thinks, that I think came out uh, in 2022 or 2023, and she'll be reading from that on January 27th. So Fun celebration of figure shitting going on at the library, uh, all month long, um, uh, with uh, the hub at, of it at, uh, at main library, but then also some special events, um, during the, during championship league
2: very very cool stuff going on. Jesse Giorzi is with the Columbus Sports Commission. January 22nd through the 28th, the United States Figure Skating Championships will be held at Nationwide Arena in Columbus. Jesse, what other events surrounding this major sporting activity do we need to know about in the run-up?
3: Yeah, I mean those are the there there's going to be a lot going on. I think a lot of the times when we bring an event uh to to Columbus or we're hosting something um, you know it's one game or it's one championship or it's a couple semifinals in a championship, all of which are awesome. um, but this event is unlike you know the those other events that we'll bring in here because it's really a week long. There's gonna be competition on the ice at nationwide arena tuesday january twenty third all the way through sunday january twenty eighth uh at least two and sometimes four sessions per day. So there's gonna be something going on all the time um and practices and warmups will be going on uh, at the ice house that's connected to nationwide arena. Um, and those will be, uh, the, the practice sessions of the ice house will be free and open for the public to, to check out. And if they like what they see, they can head over to the box office, uh, or head to their phones and, uh, and buy tickets. But that's something that's, that's neat that we're excited to be able to do. And, um, and truthfully, there's going to be so many opportunities to, uh, to catch, um, some figures getting in nationwide arena. The, uh, yeah, the, a quick rule of thumb is that the, you know, each day the competitions get a little bit, um, uh more intense or, or higher level. So we're starting in the in the Tuesday and Wednesday are going to be the, the junior level skaters. Um and then once we get into to Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, it's going to be the, the senior level. So um a couple of the biggest events if you see the schedule and you're overwhelmed and not sure which one to go to. If you're looking to get the the biggest names on ice and uh and the top folks in the in the country skating, that's going to be um Friday January 26th, the the championship women's free skate at 745. Um, and then really any of the Saturday and then the Sunday afternoon ones will have the, the championship, which are the senior level, um, people that are, that are fighting for those spots on Team USA and the free skate or the free dance are going to be the, the longer, uh, of the sessions compared to the short program. So, um, it's going to be awesome. There's the stuff that we're doing at the library. We're cooking up a, a few other things. Um, you know, we'll have some stuff going on on Patel Plaza outside the stadium or outside of the arena on the 27th. Um, and a few other special events. All that uh, that information will be at columbussports.org.
2: And that is where to go to get all of the information. As Jesse has shared with us today, there is literally something for everyone. Whether you want to go for free to watch a practice session for some of these very elite figure skaters, to maybe just get the kids out of the house and over to the library for some sock skating <laughs> at Columbus Metropolitan's main branch, Whatever it may be, or again, tickets to that championship, which is sure to be spellbinding. You may just be up close and personal, and most likely will, with a figure skater that in a few years you could see on an Olympic medal podium. What could be more exciting than that when it comes to winter sports? Jesse Giorzi with the Columbus Sports Commission, we thank you so much for your time today. Very excited about figure skating coming to Columbus and can't wait for them to hit the ice.
3: Yeah, it's really special and and uh, I'll be honest I I wasn't uh you know I'm not a natively humongous figure skating fan. I I'm like a lot of Americans and tune in every 4 years, but having been at the last two championships myself and being able to see it up close, it's it's something really special that you got to see one time and this being the the first time it's in Columbus and ever and the first time it's been even in the Midwest since 2019, it's definitely a, a can't miss event even if uh, you only get to to one or two of those 17 sessions. It's a uh, really special time we're thrilled to have it in columbus and looking forward to, to seeing some some fans out there that are
2: catching it for the first time thanks so much jesse thank you i'm kate Burdett for ohio sports magazine
1: what a more of the ohio sports magazine when we continue here on the ohio news network Hey, folks, it's game day, and the
0: betting's going to be intense, Drew. You said it, Dave, but a good pregame routine keeps betting responsible. That's right. you got to pause before you play. Good call. Sports betting is hot, but it can be risky. And pausing to set limits is an all-star move. That's right, Dave. If you bet on sports, pause before you play. To set limits, recognize the risk, and know when to stop.
4: Learn more at pausebeforeyouplay.org.
5: The spotted lanternfly is an invasive plant hopper native to Eastern Asia. Today, it's found in 14 states, including Ohio. The beautifully colored insects bring stress to the host plant, often contributing to its decline. Juvenile spotted lanternflies known as nymphs and adults prefer to feed on the invasive tree of heaven, but also feed on a wide range of crops, plants, and trees. If you suspect a spotted lanternfly infestation, contact an ISA-certified arborist near you. To learn more, visit trees4ohio.org. That's number 4 ohioorg
6: Have you ever thought about having a podiatric physician examine your feet? Doctors of podiatric medicine set broken bones, perform wound care, and remove bunions. Common health issues that they treat include ingrown or fungal nails, horns, warts, and skin problems like athlete's foot. Foot exams are easy and can prevent many foot problems. If you can't walk, work, or enjoy sports activities without pain, what are you waiting for? To find a podiatric physician who is a member of the Ohio Foot and Ankle Medical Association, visit associationsadvanceohio.com. Do you want a job
8: that is flexible, secure, and fun? It also offers excellent pay and is ranked as one of the best jobs in America, too. I'm talking about being a dental hygienist. And all you have to do is complete a two-year program after high school. Visit ODA.org to learn more and to start helping people love their smile. This message is brought to you by the members of the Ohio Dental Association.
0: Having health insurance is important. So, if you or anyone in your family has Medicaid or CHIP, listen up. Check your mail for a renewal form from your state. Complete the form and mail it back right away so you don't lose your coverage. If you do lose Medicaid or CHIP, visit healthcare.gov to see if you're eligible to enroll in a low-cost, quality health plan. Keep your family covered. Paid for by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. The Fan. fan. Ohio Sports Destination. Now back to Ohio Sports Magazine on the Ohio News Network. Once again, here's Matt Andrews.
1: Welcome back to the Ohio Sports Magazine. Figure skating coming here to the capital city. Let's talk some basketball now about the Buckeyes as we look uh, locally and statewide what's going on with Ohio State. Also the Big Ten. Cotton Behringer, our producer. Thanks for joining me, pal. Thanks, Matt. We've got... uh, We've got a Buckeye team struggling as we record this. There's one game this week they played. They lost in Ann Arbor earlier this week. They played this weekend at home with Penn State on Saturday. But what is going on with this basketball team? I guess your perception and
9: what can change, hopefully. What could change is pretty much everything they're doing is things that are just maybe just efficiency things it's it's getting better in the areas of making shots it's easy to say just make shots but at the end of the day when you're shooting below 40 percent on the road at Michigan a 6-1 team at the time you just you're not really helping yourself out the, at that point there's a lot going on it could be just stuff you know where they're struggling they're kind of in a rut mentally maybe they just you know they've lost three in a row at that point they just can't get out of that so uh, hopefully, you, you, as you mentioned, the Saturday game against Penn State, they can get something done there. And then going forward on the road for a couple of games at Nebraska and Northwestern coming up. They have some real opportunities to add to their resume to fix that, but it's to be seen at this point.
1: It has to change. Bruce Thorne, Roddy Gale struggling in ruts. They did a great job at Michigan of attacking the rim, getting to the basket. They, they found some success there. Are they not getting enough from their freshmen? I mean, I know their sophomores are leading them. Do they need more from their freshmen right now? That's a big ask. I
9: mean, definitely compared to last year, you would say absolutely. I mean, you just saw Taysen Chapman really get involved recently more with the Michigan game than, and also a little bit in the Indiana game a couple weeks ago. Uh, But yeah, I mean, Devin Royal needs to start emerging more for them as a bench piece to really help them with bench scoring. And then, I mean, obviously you haven't seen much of Austin Parks this year. It seems like it's probably heading towards a red shirt for him. But overall, it just isn't the same impact you got from guys like Roddy Gale at the end of last season. Bruce Thornton for most of the year last season. So, yeah, it not been up to the standard that you saw last year. But it, it really highlights just one of the many issues that are going on right now. About six weeks till March. Um, there's time to fix it, we mentioned.
1: But as you look at the Big Ten, I mean, aside from Purdue... Are we now looking at an Illinois being right in the thick of this thing, or where do you see this Big Ten race, Colin? That's actually what's most unfortunate
9: about this whole situation is I think this would have been a Big Ten for Ohio State to attack and be in the top three, top four of the conference. Uh, yeah, I would probably say as of right now, you would probably put Illinois in that spot, but then again, they just lost a pretty much a head-scratcher, uh, and also with Terrence Shannon Jr. being out with the impending trial of his allegations right now, you just don't know what's going to come of that uh michigan state started off pretty bad has looked better recently uh nebraska who just beat down yeah. purdue at home i mean they look like a team that could finish top four top top five in the conference so it just seems like a mix of a bunch of teams you'll just have to see where they finish but guys and lincoln this week in fact finally
1: anybody statewide colin stick out to you right now beyond the i guess the big program where where else can we go here in the Buckeye State?
9: Yeah, Matt, it definitely has to be Dayton. It's a team that just entered the top 25 in the AP poll for the first time this year. Has looked really good in all of their challenges outside of a loss at Northwestern this year. Uh, led, by the way, by Der- Deron Holmes, the forward that has done pretty much everything for this team. Very solid team. I think they should be the favorite to win the A-10. Thanks for your time, your insight. Enjoy the Super Bowl. We'll talk some more basketball uh, as we get through March. Can't wait, Matt. March is almost here.
1: We'll have more of the Ohio Sports Magazine when we continue right here on the Ohio News Network.
0: Chris Holtman's Buckeyes hit the road for a Big Ten battle with Nebraska.
2: Live fan coverage starts Tuesday night at 6 after Common Man and T-Bone.
0: Proud to be your home for Buckeye basketball. The fan, Ohio sports destination. And back to ohio sports magazine on the ohio news network once again
1: here's matt andrews welcome back to the ohio sports magazine now let's check in on cleveland eric research joins us from the ohio news network
10: Talking with Tyvis Powell, the national champion defensive back at The Ohio State University. You can hear him on the Cleveland Browns radio network and own an affiliate WBNS FM in Columbus. Tyvis was a brutal postseason exit for the Cleveland Browns in Houston last week, 45 to 14 at the hands of CJ Stroud and the Texans. What was more surprising for you? The play of Joe Flacco and his two interceptions or the play of rookie CJ Stroud and his near perfect passer rating? That's actually an interesting question. Um,
11: I I would say that you can't ultimately be surprised at the Joe Flacco thing. I mean, when you look at his career over the past couple of teams, he's been known to do this. He'll have some good games, and then he'll fall off of a cliff. And, you know, you just kind of hope that with Cleveland, you know, maybe he's with the right offensive coordinator. Hopefully that, that Kevin knows him well enough to put him in positions to only succeed But, unfortunately, he ended up reverting back to his old ways, and that was unfortunate. CJ, on the other hand, I I mean, we got to see him in college, so we knew what his his ability was. But to see him do it on ultimately the big stage like that and not flinch and be so, so accurate and be able to step up in the moment, I think that was beautiful because at Ohio State, I thought even though he lost some big games, I thought he ultimately played well enough to win those games, and it was other reasons why we lost. It was nice to actually see him have you know, the whole package, him play well, the defense play well, and ultimately his team wins a big game.
10: Tyvis, why couldn't Cleveland's defense adjust to what the Texans were doing? From your professional perspective, was it more a problem of execution or scheme?
11: I think that so. This is how I would have wanted to handle it. Was when Nico Collins started to beat our DBs. You know, usually you will want your number one corner to step up in those moments and be like, you know what, for the rest of the game, I got that guy. I'm gonna take him out the game because I'm I'm the best corner we got, and that's what they're paying me to do. However, in this situation, it was weird because you knew that Denzel had just got hurt on Thursday in practice and tweaks it. I think it was his hamstring. And over the course of that game, after, like, Nico Collins caught his first big play, you knew Denzel wasn't right. So, unfortunately, it was hard for them to be able to do that. Also, Jim Schwartz wanted to, you know, Miles Garrett addressed this after the game. You know, they asked him why didn't they make any adjustments. And Jim Schwartz said that we're going to run the things that we that got us to this situation, you know. So he really didn't want to change what he was doing because he believed in his scheme and believed in his defense, and just thought that they played a bad half and they pull it together in the second half. And I think that's ultimately what led to it now. Don't get me wrong; in the second half, two pick sixes <laughs> kind of hurts a lot, but I think that's what led to them not making any changes defensively
10: and then of course with such a brutal exit or even an an exit in the postseason at all you'll get changes with your coaching staff uh were you surprised the browns fired three offensive coaches including oc alex van pelt
11: yeah that one was it was very shocking um because you thought, why would they fire, you know, Van Pelt when he, when Kevin's the ones calling the plays? And then you look at Van Pelt as the quarterbacks coaching, you know, you seen what he was able to do this season with five different quarterbacks, you know, at least getting them ready to play in games. So that was shocking. Stump Mitchell, obviously being the legend that he is with the running backs, you know, that was shocking, obviously given the fact that his best running back was hurt. So that was shocking. And the tight ends, Coach TC, who I had a great relationship with because he was with me in San Francisco, um, David Njoku emerged this season. So it was it was shocking. But I think when you look at, you know, where you want to go as offense, I, I said this to myself thinking, outside of Joe, Joe Flacco started for the Browns for six games. Two of those he lost, four of them he won including the playoffs on those four wins. You could say offensively was the reason why they won those games outside of those four wins. The defense was the reason why they won or was even in a lot of these games this season. So I just think when you look at it in the grand scheme of things, this offense just wasn't good enough. And I think it's time for, you know, Kevin, Kevin has shown that he's a great head coach I think now he sees, like, the value of just being just the head coach and letting somebody else call plays. So I think that ultimately he wants to get somebody in there that, you know, is comfortable with Deshaun Watson that can run the shotgun that Deshaun Watson specializes in and ultimately give up play calling duties next year.
10: Tyvis Powell, my guest, national champion defensive back at The Ohio State. You can hear him on own and affiliate WBNS-FM in Columbus and statewide on the Cleveland Browns radio network. Tyvis, the Browns can't bring Joe Flacco back, can they?
11: I wouldn't bring Joe Flacco back as a player, but I I do see the value in bringing him back as a coach. And if you want to bring him back as a player and everybody's in the locker room open to it, then, yeah, you should do it. But I think the problem being is that once things go south, if they go south with Deshaun Watson... That whole locker room is going to turn around and be like, "Why isn't Joe playing? We were better off with Joe." And I don't think as a, you don't want to build that, you know, that um, camaraderie in your locker room. You want everybody to be all aboard with every decision. So I think that is why I personally wouldn't bring him back. But as a coach, a guy who knows how to run, you know, what Kevin was doing, who had who's comfortable with putting his back to the to the defense for a second who's comfortable with play action. You know, I think Deshaun Watson can learn some things for him. And I think him watching this season, watching Joe succeed and have the games that he has shows him that, you know, this can be a successful offense. And you can still get all the numbers and all the big plays that you want.
10: The Browns are likely to get Nick Chubb back sometime next season, but what else do they have to do offensively to help Deshaun Watson out, considering this will be his third season with the team?
11: I think that you gotta you gotta address the wide receiver two position that's that's a given because you know if you want Deshaun Watson to have a really good season then you got to give him some weapons to get the ball to so I think that that's it and ultimately with with Amari getting up there in age this wide receiver that you get got to be potentially a guy who can be wide receiver one um, obviously, Amari Cooper, as, as as great as he is and as much of a pro as he is, he does suffer from injuries. And his injuries are not the ones that keep him out of games. They're just nagging injuries, you know, that hurts him throughout the season that he has to deal with. So you need a guy that you can depend on to still be able to run the offense that you want to run um, and not have to skip a beat. So I think that is something that they need to look into you know it is off
10: season. He is Tyvis Powell national champion defensive back at the Ohio State University. Hear him on the Cleveland Browns Radio Network as well as ONN affiliate WBNS FM in Columbus. Tyvis, thank you so much for the time, bud.
11: Thank you. Go Bucks, go Browns.
10: Thanks, Eric. Up next, we head south here in the Buckeye
1: State. Paul Kiels checks in on Cincinnati right here on the Ohio News
0: Network. It's a Sunday playoff doubleheader on the fan. First catch, the Bucs and Lions, followed by the Chiefs and Bills. Coverage starts Sunday at 2.30. Sponsored by Roosters, a fun casual joint. Your radio home for the NFL, the fan. Now back to Ohio Sports Magazine on the Ohio News Network. Once again, here's Matt Andrews.
1: Welcome back to the Ohio Sports Magazine. Now let's go to Paul Keels on the Ohio Sports Magazine,
8: checking in on Cincinnati. It's our pleasure to talk, as always, with James Ruffin from the Locked on Bengals podcast as we continue to gander once the season's over into what possibly could happen or at least some of the after effects of this past season. And, James, I was really interested in listening. I'm always interested in listening to your guys' podcast. But this most recent one, you talked about the evaluations of who took the biggest steps with their playing time this season. And it seems as though that you guys had some interesting choices to work with.
7: Yeah, I think so. I think Cam Taylor-Britt is a guy who certainly stands out as someone that vaulted from, all right, he's a second-round pick. Maybe he can fill in and be your Eli Apple moving forward. Well, now he has a chance to be your number one quarter. And I don't think we really saw that coming into this year. And I know he finished the year strong, but him going up against Jamar Chase in training camp, I think that was invaluable. So he's certainly a name to watch. I think Cordell Volson improved some. And then after that, I think there are some question marks still. And that's what the the interesting part about this Bengals offseason is they have a lot of young guys. Who do they lean on more and who do they look to add to that room to help them?
8: You know, James, when you talk about Cam Taylor Britton, I know you guys also kicked around. Jordan Battle, was that significant given the fact that the Bengals had the holes they had to fill in the secondary?
7: Absolutely. It's it's huge, and I'll throw Daxo in with Jordan Battle because I think there is a real path for those two guys to grow together and complement each other really well. Jordan Battle has played a lot of safety, and you saw it this year. You saw the instincts. You saw his ability to track the ball, like in that final game, the interception against Cleveland, his tackling ability, his ability to move in the box, all of those things that we've seen from him, he did at Alabama. Meanwhile, Dax Hill, he's athletic. He's a guy that hasn't played a lot of deep safety, but if he can learn a a few little things and get up to the the NFL game from a processing standpoint, I think they could complement each other really well. And then Tim Britt, no doubt about it. I, I think this secondary as a whole, can grow together i'll put dj turner in there as well i would say cam and jordan flashed the most dax flashed some early on in his potential and then kind of ended the season rough same thing with dj turner but overall i'm pretty optimistic about this secondary i think all four guys could be building blocks for the future
8: james i may be speaking out of turn here but is there part of the encouragement the fact that these guys in that secondary are contract friendly
7: no doubt. And when when you look at what the Bengals have to do this off season, they need to spend in certain areas and to have guys that are young, athletic, good instincts, work hard. It's reasonable to expect all of them, even Cam, who already took a step, to take another step this offseason. For DJ Turner to get a little bit stronger and be used to what life is like man to man coverage wise in the NFL. For Dax Hill to be more comfortable as a deep safety. And so if those things happen, well then imagine what it's like if they add to their defensive tackle room with that extra money. If they're able to make life easier on the linebackers because their defensive front is upgraded and they have more depth there. I think that's got to be a big point (laughs) of emphasis this offseason in that defensive tackle room for sure.
8: James, you mentioned Cordell Bolson. Is the offensive line, and it seemingly has been the last number of years, is that another area of offseason to monitor?
7: It is, especially at right tackle. You have a looming, huge payday coming for Jonah Williams. He did exactly what he should have done, which is play this year out, play at a high level, not miss a snap, and show the entire NFL that you can be a left tackle and a right tackle. And so I think his market is going to be huge. And I will understand if the Bengals let him walk, because I'm not sure they should give the the money to him that he will get on the open market, and so right tackle certainly a question mark. Outside of that, I think it's more of a depth issue. This Bengals' offensive line was healthy for all 17 games. That's that's hard to ask for, and that's what really stinks. As many injuries as they had, their offensive line was healthy, and they couldn't take advantage of it this year. I think they need to add depth behind Cordell Volson and Ted Karras. Finding someone who could play center and guard at a high level, maybe in the draft, that would be huge. So I think it's depth, and it's right tackle. Those are the two big question marks this offseason.
8: James, I was glad to hear you guys talk about receiver Andre Yoshibas. What a story he was this year.
7: Yeah, yes. I I think when he got drafted, and, and I felt this way, I think a lot of people in the building felt this way too, he's this ball of clay that's really athletic, and you know he's athletic, and he's going to have to learn how to play wide receiver. And then they got him into OTAs, and then they bring him into training camp, and they're like, oh, he can play wide receiver, like right now. And he's coming from Princeton. He's a sixth-round pick. It's reasonable to expect this year to be almost a redshirt year, and that wasn't the case. Four touchdowns, had a real knack in the red zone for getting open. You You notice some of the back shoulder throws that both Joe Burrow and Jake Browning trusted him with. Plus, he has deep speed, and we didn't see a deep ball go his way this year. I think that'll change next year. He's certainly a piece to build on for the future, and I think he will be part of their offense. Will he ever be, like, the number two receiver behind Jamar Chase? I don't know if I would go that far, but I do think he's going to be a contributor moving forward.
8: James Rapine from the Locked on Bengals podcast. Always appreciate your input,
7: James. Of course. Thanks for having me.
1: Thanks, Paul. We'll have more of the Ohio Sports Magazine when we continue here on the Ohio News Network.
0: Hey, folks, it's game day, and the betting's going to be intense, Drew. You said it, Dave, but a good pregame routine keeps betting responsible. That's right. you got to pause before you play. Good call. Sports betting is hot, but it can be risky. And pausing to set limits is an all-star move. That's right, Dave. If you bet on sports, pause before you play. To set limits, recognize the risk, and know when to stop.
4: Learn more at pausebeforeyouplay.org.
5: And now, Public Education Matters with Ohio Education Association President Scott Demaro. January 19th is I Love Public Schools Day in the United States, and it's an important reminder that Ohio's public schools are safe, welcoming spaces where every child can gain critical skills and knowledge to succeed in our interconnected world and economy. We must continue to demand the supports and resources our schools and students need, because public education matters. Public Education Matters, brought to you by the Ohio Education Association. The spotted lanternfly is an invasive plant hopper native to Eastern Asia. Today it's found in 14 states including ohio the beautifully colored insects bring stress to the host plant often contributing to its decline juvenile spotted lanternflies known as nymphs and adults prefer to feed on the invasive tree of heaven but also feed on a wide range of crops plants and trees if you suspect a spotted lanternfly infestation contact an isa certified arborist near you to learn more visit trees 4 ohio.org that's trees the number four ohio.org the,
0: the, the, the fan the fan Ohio's sports destination. Now back to Ohio Sports Magazine on the Ohio News Network. Once again,
1: here's Matt Andrews. Welcome back to the Ohio Sports Magazine. It's the Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show, and let's check in with our producer, Colin Behringer.
9: Thanks, Matt. This week on the Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show, the guys break down the Browns and Kevin Stefanski's decision to fire multiple members of the offensive coaching staff, and the guys discuss whether that was a good or a bad decision.
4: The news of the day is the offensive staff, according to reports, is basically getting the broom. Running backs coach Stump Mitchell, this one got, this one. That's a ledger. He'll be snatched up in 15 minutes. That's low-hanging fruit. He's been told he is out of a job, as well as tight ends coach. He is out. That cut me deep, man. man. I know. You know him right there.
11: With him or for him? We was with San Francisco scout team cards,
4: man. Yes. It would There's come the out tweet there from Josina look, that broke know. the news. God. Now, the, the one that seems Rumble to be Boy a little T. bit um, up in the air right now is offensive coordinator Alex Van Pelt. Josina says that he was told yesterday by Kevin Stefanski that he is out. He's had conversations with teammates, according to Josina. And also, according to Josina's reports, some of the teammates, some of the players aren't exactly thrilled with this
12: news. There is some conflicting reporting on Alex Van Pelt.
4: Yeah, I feel comfortable Yeah, in the person that I'm talking to in saying that he is out. It may be wrong, and Mary yeah. Kay may be right. It's possible Mary Kay just hasn't heard it yet or they haven't confirmed it for her yet. Right. But I am told from someone that I trust and I've had a relationship with for a long
11: time, that he is out. Well, I tell you what. Usually, when it's conflicting like this, he's out uh, it, in about yeah. two days. Because there's no gray area. Yeah. You're fired or you're not. Yeah. There, now,
4: usually, I'll tell you where there is some gray area Sometimes, when you get a report that he's going to be fired, mm-hmm. that doesn't mean he's been fired. Right.
12: The it re- just may not have happened yet. Yeah.
4: Right. And right. so it doesn't mean that it's not going to happen. It just means that it hasn't happened yet. In this, the, the reporting is very specific in this instance. He is out. And what? the reporter that's
12: breaking it yeah. is very reliable and almost that uh, I can think of never wrong. One other thing that may back up and maybe why there's some confusion here, and I, I, I was trying to think, I, I, it's so hard to find assistant coach contracts. I know, they're they, not they, published. No, they're so not as easy to find. <laughs> as, as I, I saw one thing, but it wasn't a reliable source, so I'm not sure if it's true or not, that said his contract is up at the end of this year. So maybe that's what's happening here—that it's a technicality that maybe he's not getting fired. He's just they're letting his contract run out, and that's that. Right, right. So maybe that's the technicality. Yeah. I, but I don't know that for sure because it's so hard to find assistant contract. Yeah, we don't know information, but we don't know. This, 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 this screams of me of uh, the beginning of the year. What did we hear? We always rag on Ty for this. <laughs> this uh, this this new playbook. Oh my God. There was no there was no new playbook. It was. It was a hodgepodge of this or that, and it looks like somebody had to fall on the sword for that because they was telling us, yeah, "Hey, was. Elijah, Elijah Moore." They was telling us we had I the wanna, weapons necessary. Wait a minute, I want to go. I
11: want to go on record and say the OTAs practice that I see. <laughs> Looked nothing, like, nothing the like the season <laughs> that, it was it was Elijah Moore was everywhere he lined up in the slot he lined up at running back was catching the ball and yeah. I really didn't see none of that so it was one day it, I think it, ha, it might have happened maybe in the first game and then and then it was like it was up they said hey, we're
12: gonna go back to what we know yeah, we talked about yesterday the fact that like you know sometimes fans are so scared for change or just assume that you run it back and next year it'll be good too because it was good this year sure the let's be honest about it the brown there's, there's 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 almost three categories of teams that make the playoffs. There's the category of team that like the Chiefs, like the Bills, that make the playoffs and they got a great quarterback and you know and it's pretty reliable. If they're healthy, they're going to get back to the playoffs next right. year. Then there's the second group. There's the group that made it because they don't have a great quarterback, but their quarterback played very well this year. Or other people didn't have their quarterback well, that's the third group. <laughs> <Okay>. The <laughs> third group is what the Browns are in. They made it in a different-slash-fluky way. right? And that doesn't mean they I, can't I, get back. So you would call it fluky
4: and not just... I mean, I, I think what the Browns did is remarkable. Oh, I did too. The, what the Browns' coaching staff did Beautiful. is coach. Beautiful. There was no autopilot going on. There was like, oh my God, <laughs> all hands on deck. This is a code red. We've got to change what we're doing midstream. Yes. They did it three times. I say, doesn't fluky mean unusual? I guess. I guess, but it also, maybe, to, me, it, it, to me, it feels like that maybe it wasn't completely earned. It, so, so yeah. in other words, if you lose a game you think you should win, you say, that was fluky. Okay, fair. Like, I they, think they earned this playoff. They,
12: did, earn. they 100% earned it, so I didn't mean it from that but perspective. But I don't know what the right word is. But what, I, I, what, I, what I'm saying is, they did it in a the different way, way they, they made, made the court- playoffs.
6: Playoffs, it's know.
12: not it's not sustainable to make the playoffs with this amount of injuries and that amount of turnovers I sure. agree. You, those things are not sustainable what? very dangerously
9: dangerous yes. you sleep, do we you do know? That twice. to catch the full breakdown just search the ultimate cleveland sports show on youtube subscribe to their page and enjoy daily content covering all things cleveland sports we'll be back to wrap up this week's ohio sports magazine when we continue on the ohio news network
0: Bishop and Friends. To do what hasn't been done the last three years is absolutely incredible and they have chosen Will Howard to be the face of that. Bishop and Friends.
2: Sponsored by Awaken 180 Weight Loss. Weekdays from 9 to noon.
0: The Nation. Now back to Ohio Sports Magazine on the Ohio News Network. Once again, here's Matt Andrews.
1: That'll put a wrap on this week's Ohio Sports Magazine. Our thanks to our Kate Burdett as well as our Locked On contributors for this week. Now for Paul giels Eric Reiser, and Colin Behringer. I'm Matt Andrews. We'll have a new show for you next week right here on the Ohio News Network.
0: Broadcasting from the Lindsay Honda Studios.
2: Honda makes the cars. Lindsay makes the difference. Visit lindsayhonda.com.
0: WBNSFM, HDTV.